listening to The Martial Brain, the podcast that explores the intersection between the martial arts, science, critical thinking, skepticism, and that wacky organ that floats inside our skulls in a pool of cerebral spinal fluid, making life unpredictably inspiring, infuriating, and sometimes just batshit crazy. I'm Jeff Westfall for The Martial Brain. Make a note of this. Anyone who knows me knows that I take notes on everything. I'm never happier than when carefully typing a description of something I just learned or realized into a note on my phone. The lowly act of taking notes is an example of one of humanity's greatest achievements. Writing. Now we tend to take the simple act of writing for granted, but it's really quite amazing. Imagine living in a world before writing was invented. If you wanted to remember something, you had to do just that. Remember it. With no post-it notes, word processors, grocery lists, notes written on your palm, or anything else. There were no repositories of knowledge outside the human brain. No libraries. No databases. No internet. I wonder if a modern human is even capable of putting themselves into that headspace. How would you remember complicated directions to some important place? How would you pass on valuable information to future generations? How would you memorialize important people who have died? In each case, you would need a living human to act in the place of written words. To reliably get to a place, when the trip requires a complex set of directions, you would need to take along a person who knows the way. And that person, who is a living intelligent being with affairs of his or her own, would need to consent to take the time to come along. To pass on information for future generations, you would need to regularly and consistently repeat that information to another person, preferably a younger person until they have it completely and reliably memorized. But even that's not enough. You would need to make sure that the person to whom you taught the information was strongly motivated to teach it, in turn, to another person, and so on, forever. If one of the people who act as links in this chain dies prematurely, the chain is broken and the information is permanently lost. As a matter of fact, any time a human dies, it's like a library burning to the ground. This is still true now, but it was a much more profound truth before the invention of writing. Writing allows information to be stored without needing a living person to remember it. It has only been around, at least as fully functional writing systems, for a bit over 5,000 years. But humans have been speaking for tens of thousands of years. Compared to that time span, writing is a recent innovation. In addition, even after it was invented, it took a long time to spread to the masses. With anomalous exceptions like the Roman Empire, throughout the ancient, classical, and medieval periods, only a tiny fraction of the population was literate. 
the knowledge of literacy was a commodity not to be lightly shared with the great, unwashed masses. As a matter of fact, to cite only a single example, in the United States it was illegal in the pre-Civil War South to teach a slave to read or write. But it goes even further than that. In some states it was illegal to teach any black person to read or write, whether they were free or enslaved. All that mattered to the law was that they were black. So the simple act of writing a note to yourself has been outside the capability, or even in some cases the legal right, of most of humanity until the last few centuries. Can you even begin to imagine just how different this made life for them? You should really treasure writing for the invaluable gift from our ancestors that it is. So let's get back to the now simple act of writing notes. When you write down a note, for whatever reason, you are engaging in a practice that allows you to have a conversation with yourself through time. For a past version of you to speak to a future version of you. I have even, at moments of extreme whimsy, written something like, Dear Future Jeff, I am speaking to you from the past. Hey, don't be a moron. Do this technique a new way. Like this. I know. I am a truly strange person. I really do do things like this now and then. When I read such notes, I have usually forgotten that I had left a silly little message for my future self. And as a result, get a nice little chuckle, an inexpensive gift from past Jeff. Now don't waste time trying to write a note to your past self. It doesn't work. I've tried it. Stupid arrow of time. How well the process of taking notes works depends on your skill at writing clearly. If your notes are badly written, your conversation with your past self will go badly as well. Let's say that I attended a martial arts seminar in the year 2010. Now, ideally, it now being 2019, I should have consulted the notes and practiced the techniques described long before this. But sometimes life gets in the way, and the notes are all you have from a dimly remembered experience. At one point in the seminar notes, 2010 Jeff says, Do that one move I learned that one time at that one seminar. Wow. Not much can be learned from a note like that, other than the fact that 2010 Jeff is a brainless moron who can't be entrusted with simple tasks and is not someone whose message from the past you would care to read. Now, at the time that you are actually writing down notes at a seminar, you are usually hurrying to do so, and still allow a bit of physical practice before the teacher calls time to demonstrate something else. So at a martial arts seminar, it's often necessary, at least to me, to write down a short description of the technique before practicing it, and then at lunchtime, assuming there is one, bring along your notes and flesh them out more fully, and then spend extra time later that night going back over the notes yet again. While I never quite wrote as bad a note as 2010 Jeff did in my earlier example, 
I did on more than one occasion disappoint myself with poor descriptive language that confused the hell out of the future version of me who was reading it. This can be intensely frustrating, especially when you remember that you really liked the technique being described. In such a case, that technique could be forever lost. This motivated me to work to improve my skills of verbally describing martial movements and interactions, or physical movements and interactions in general. I found the results of these efforts to have a very useful spillover effect on my teaching. I grew much better at describing to my students what I wanted them to do. But that's not all. Note-taking is useful for many more situations than just seminars. Many of my current students take notes during my regularly scheduled classes and say they definitely benefit from it. If you own an instructional video, I think it's quite useful to take notes on its contents, despite the fact that you own it and can watch it again and again. I do this myself for two reasons. First, I find that if I task myself with composing a verbal description of a video presentation, I remember the sequence much better than if I had simply watched it. Second, it's handy to have a written version of the technique in your files. This makes it easier to cross-reference and compare it with similar techniques that you have learned from other sources. Another good time to write down a note is when you get a good idea that is worth remembering. Now this is more likely to happen if you are already a significantly trained martial artist with an established base of knowledge. But the truth is that good ideas can come to anyone. Writing it down, if you think it might be useful in the future, takes only a few moments. I myself have more than once regretted not having done this after much later remembering that I had indeed, through some miracle, once generated a truly good idea, still retained a sketchy outline of it, but did not remember some vital details. Once again, in such a situation, that good idea may just be gone forever. Another important feature of writing notes is the long-term organization of your growing body of notes. This was a lot harder for me to manage in the pre-digital world. There were lots of manila folders and boxes involved. Once I was able to store and organize my notes electronically, it became much easier, especially if I needed to search for something. Well, that's it. I hope you appreciate the gift of writing like I do. I can't imagine what my martial arts career would have been like in a pre-literate world. Anyway, that's what I think. But I could be wrong. Let me know what you think, and check out old episodes of the Marshall Brain Podcast at my website, rpmartialarts.com. I'm Jeff Westfall for the Marshall Brain. The Marshall Brain is produced by Raging Squirrel Productions in association with the Rising Phoenix Martial Arts Academy. If you like the podcast and would like to help it grow, go to iTunes or Stitcher and give it an honest rating and review. Contact me with questions about the Marshall Brain or about the Rising Phoenix Academy at my website, rpmartialarts.com.